Welcome to the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Kennedy, and you tune in today because you're sick of trying every fad diet under the sun and training yourself into the ground without seeing any results. That's why I'm here to share the most effective ways to eat and train for sustainable and real results. What's up, guys? Welcome back to this week's episode of the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast. Got an absolute cracker of a show for you today. We are extremely lucky to be joined by James Swanick. Now, James is an Australian slash American entrepreneur who helps social drinkers reduce or quit alcohol. We are also going to be talking a lot about sleep. Um, James is the co-founder of the Swanwick Sleep Glasses, um, the blue light blocking glasses, which I actually have a pair of, which we touch on in today's show. Um, I find them extremely effective, and you may have heard me talk about them before or seen them on my social media. Um, but James is a very switched on man. He also is the host of the James Swanick Show, which is a podcast. He's been featured in Forbes magazine, Entrepreneur, The Business Insider. He was the host of a show on ESPN. Um, all in all, this guy is a very knowledgeable man who well, we are very lucky to have him on the show today and share his knowledge on both sleep and alcohol. And I know you guys are going to enjoy the show. So make sure if you do enjoy the episode and take some value that you take a screenshot of today's show and post it up on your Instagram story. Tag myself and tag James so we can hear your feedback on the show. But for now, just sit back, relax and enjoy the interview with James. James, welcome to the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast, mate. Dan, thank you so much for having me. Absolute pleasure to have you on. Um, after we we were lucky enough to meet in Bali a couple of months ago through um, mutual friend Clemmy, who's also been on the show, I was pretty geared up to um, to get you on. And it was funny, I, I didn't actually realize until I reckon a week after we met that I've actually got a pair of your glasses. Oh, really? Yeah, it was um, it was funny. I was talking to my partner, and um, I was I was looking at your Instagram. And I was going, "Holy shit, uh, small world!" I didn't I didn't even realize. But um, I'm real keen to have a chat today with you, mate, about sleep and alcohol, um, as I've already kind of touched on in the intro. So, um, if you're good to go, mate, I might get stuck into the episode. Yeah, let's do it. Let's go for it, Dan. Mate, what I wanted to talk about first is is where where are we going wrong with sleep? Because I talk a lot about sleep on the podcast. Obviously, I'm nowhere near as knowledgeable um, as you in, in the area. But um, I think it's probably safe to say that the majority of people aren't getting um, as good a quality sleep as they possibly could. And most of us aren't getting enough. I know for sure that I'm not getting anywhere near enough. So where are we going wrong in terms of is it what we're doing before bed? Is it is it our nutrition? Is it a mix? Is it, um, you know, obviously we'll touch on alcohol in the episode as well. But is there anything that kind of sticks out to you for the most people in the general public that, um, that they're not doing right to, to get the best quality sleep that they could be? Yeah, I think the first 20 minutes of the day and the last 20 minutes of the day, or you could say the last hour of the day, uh, mostly I think people are doing it all wrong and that's having an adverse effect on our sleep. Because there are people listening who may say, well, hang on, I sleep like seven or eight hours. But the quality of your sleep still may be compromised, which is why you're waking up still feeling a little bit tired and irritable. And then yeah. there are others who struggle to fall asleep. There are others who toss and turn in the night. There are others who can only manage five, six hours. I mean, everyone's different. But I will say this, light, as in light from the sun and light from TV screens and cell phones and uh, kitchen lights and bathroom lights and microwave lights and street lights, and traffic lights, light is having a huge detrimental effect on our sleep. 
So what are people doing wrong in the morning, I think? Well, first of all, they're not exposing themselves to the sunlight early enough. Okay. When you, when you expose yourself to sunlight first thing in the morning, what it does is, is that it tells your body's internal clock, which is called your circadian rhythm, it's daytime. It's time to get up. Now, ironically, what will happen about 16 hours later from then is that your body knowing what time wake up time was because you've exposed itself to sunlight is going to naturally want to start producing melatonin and start to prepare for sleep. But most people in today's society wake up, they stay indoors, they have breakfast. They don't go out and and expose themselves to natural sunlight until like sometimes an hour, hour and a half after they've woken up. Yeah. And, and then at nighttime, we are exposing ourselves to too much light, which is tricking our body into believing that it's still daytime. So every time you're looking at your Facebook or Instagram or, or emails or watching Netflix or doing whatever you do at nighttime, because you're looking into light and exposing yourself to light, your body and your brain mistakenly thinks that it's still daytime, which means you don't produce as much melatonin, which means you don't sleep as well. So I think morning routine and evening routine, in my opinion, will have the biggest leverage on your sleep duration and sleep quality moving forward. Yeah, right. And before we go in, before I kind of touch on, um, or get you to touch on, sorry, about how we can, um, I guess, counteract that, especially with the light at the nighttime, as I, um, as I've mentioned before, like I've, I've used um, one of your products and found it to be extremely beneficial, but we'll touch on that in a sec. But what are kind of some of the biggest effects that the, the lack of sleep or the poor sleep that we're having, what are some of those effects? Um, what are they having on us? Because I think a lot of people don't really understand how, how much it does have an effect on um, everything we do from day to day. Well, I'll tell you daily effects and I'll tell you lifelong effects. Okay. So the daily effects are you're irritable and because you're irritable, you tend to seek solace in another drink or a sugary food or uh, a soda, a soda drink like Coke or Pepsi or whatever. Yep. Um, Because you're irritable, you snap at your husband or your wife or your kids or your friends because you're irritable. You don't focus as much at work. And so you're not as productive in your work. If you have a job, then you get passed up for a promotion or you don't go move through the ranks as quickly enough. And so now that's costing you thousands of dollars of lost salary. If you're in a business because you're irritable and you're tired, which leads to stress and anxiety, you're not as productive or efficient or strategic in your business, which can cost you hundreds of thousands of dollars, sometimes millions of dollars because you just don't have that energy and that focus and that clarity and that strategy and that peace of mind and that motivation to work well, to work as well as you know that you can. So in the short term, uh, poor sleep can lead to irritability an increase in stress, an increase in anxiety, uh, a higher desire to eat crap. You know, quite frankly, a higher desire that when you wake up in the morning and you're tired, you want to reach for a coffee with sugar and cream in it to give you a little bit of a boost. Yeah. You want to reach for that late morning Kit Kat or that packet of crisps in the afternoon or a big lunch with some potato fries and some 
you know, other kind of like sugary substances and carb-laden substances, which give you a, a, a temporary energy boost, but then leave you crashing in the afternoon. So that, yeah. they're the short-term effects of a bad night's sleep, not to mention that people who have a bad night's sleep have about a 40% more visible signs of wrinkling and, and aging on their face. They've done studies out of the UK that show that 40% plus more visible signs of crow's feet and wrinkles around the eyes if, and if you have a bad night's sleep. So it affects your skin quality, affects your looks. So that's all the short-term downs, right? The long-term detrimental effects of poor sleep has been now linked to cancer, obesity, and a whole host of other really nasty things um, that are just going to make your life miserable for, you know, both over many, uh, over many years and certainly towards the latter part of your life. If you, if you just Google, if you type in like sleep cancer, you'll see like how shocking it is. Like if you have a bad night's sleep, your quality sucks, your likelihood of getting cancer increases exponentially. So, so really, like if we can start to focus on our sleep, not only will we feel greater clarity, focus, energy, probably make more money, have better relationships, be calmer, be more at peace, but we're also going to probably extend our lifespan and, and enjoy it much more in the process. 100%. I think, you know, for those that are listening at the moment, after hearing that, if that wasn't something that you're already aware of already, then, you know, that's more than enough to make you take your sleep a bit more seriously and, and also look into ways we can, can improve it. So that's, that comes to my next question. How do we correct, um, how do we correct it? Obviously, maybe getting up earlier and trying to get into the sunlight a bit earlier in the day, but at nighttime, um, obviously, you've got a, a really good product um, that can help with the blue light blocking and stuff like that. But what are some some things that people can be doing at night to make sure that they're preparing themselves to um, have the best sleep possible. Yeah. Well, why don't I give you the gold standard for what you should do first thing in the morning, right through until the end of end of night. And then that way I can touch on some, you know, ways to block light at night. Um, yeah. The gold standard really is as, as soon as you can after waking up, just go outside and, and let the sunlight hit your skin or stand by a window, let the sunlight hit your skin. Your skin has receptors in it. And when the sunlight hits it, it tells your body's internal clock it's daytime. So that's the first thing. Studies also show that people who exercise in the morning tend to sleep a little bit better than those who, who exercise uh, in the nighttime. And I think that's because of two reasons. One, because people who sleep in the morning tend to exercise with more regularity because there's, you know, life doesn't get in the way. They don't have an excuse later in the afternoon to just, you know, to, to miss, a, miss a session. And two, if you train close to nighttime, your core body temperature rises. And for optimum sleep, we actually want to be in a cool environment. So if your body temperature is hot and warm, it's not conducive to a great night's sleep. Yeah. So first, first thing, expose yourself to as much sunlight as you can. Second thing, if you can, go for morning exercise over evening exercise. Um, no coffee after 2 p.m. Coffee is a stimulant and it will affect your sleep. Now, I know that there are some people who will be going, well, hang on a second. I drink coffee at nighttime and I fall asleep just fine. Well, that's true. You may fall asleep just fine. However, your sleep quality will still be compromised. Right. Bottom line, caffeine is a stimulant. And even if you are asleep, you're not in that deep REM sleep. Um, now, nighttime, this is where it gets really, really critical. First of all, alcohol. Um, if you can avoid alcohol entirely, <laughs> I think that's going to be the best thing because I, I haven't drunk myself in, since 2010. But if you are going to drink, 
Certainly try not to drink within three hours of going to bed. Certainly do not eat within three hours of going to bed. And I know that's going to seem challenging because a lot of people are eating late. But if you're drinking, your body is working to try and break down that alcohol, which means your sleep quality will be compromised. If you're eating within three hours of sleeping, then your body is going to be working trying to break down that food and your sleep quality is going to be compromised. Now, we get to the most, final, to the most important part, which is block as much light as possible at nighttime. And more specifically, block as much blue light as possible because the blue light is what is blasting out of your mobile phone, your TV screen, your kitchen light, bathroom light, bedside light, reading light. And that blue light triggers our pituitary and pineal glands, which stimulates our brain, which tricks our body into thinking that it's nighttime, daytime rather, which means we don't produce as much melatonin. So how do we block that light? Well, wear a pair of blue light blocking glasses. I have my own brand which are called swannies from my sleep company swanwick sleep the swannies glasses i've deliberately made stylish and fashionable so people are actually motivated to want to wear them consistently um, they used to have you know uh, many of the other blue light blocking glasses on the market today make you look like a meth chemist they're kind of really geeky and nerdy <laughs> and and they're just not an attractive look but i'm just vain enough dan that i want to look good and look stylish and get and wear my glasses out to dinner and uh <laughs> So I've deliberately designed a pair of um, stylish glasses. Now, why do they work? Well, the orange lens in these blue light blocking glasses blocks out blue light. And blue light is what tricks our brains into thinking that it's daytime. So if you can wear those Swannies glasses in the last hour before sleep and keep them on, you can continue to watch TV, look at your mobile phone, expose yourself to light. So long as you are wearing those Swannies blue light blocking glasses and then remove them just after you've turned off the final light, mm-hmm. you'll, you, will, you, will, you will have a noticeable improvement in both your sleep duration and your sleep quality. That's awesome. And now in regards to, let's say, on a laptop, um, on your phone, you, there's obviously the, the functions now where you can put it on sleep mode or whatever where it supposedly um, reduces the blue light. So how effective is that? Yeah, so they are effective. I would say they give about a 3 out of 10 coverage for you. Okay, yeah. Um, and the reason I say 3 out of 10 is that it's not because it's not effective. And, and just to, to so you know, there's some free apps, right? You can use Flux on your computer. If you just go to F period L-U-X, you can download that at nighttime. It'll reduce the blue light exposure. Um, so, and, that's, and that's great. On your iPhone, you can use uh, Night Shift which again reduces that blue light exposure, makes your screen go a little bit orange. If you have an Android, you can use Twilight. So there are apps out there. However, why I say they only give a three out of 10 coverage is because they still do nothing about the blue light that's being emitted from your TV screen, from your kitchen light. Mm. Let me ask you this question, Dan. Do Do you brush your teeth before you go to sleep each night? Sure do. Okay, do you go into the bathroom with the bathroom light on when you brush your teeth? I do, yes. Okay, so every time you brush your teeth, you are destroying your sleep because the blue light is being emitted from your bathroom light. So while twilight and night shift and flux are great, you know, wonderful, it's the right mission, it gives you some coverage, Mm-hmm. It does nothing about the street lights, the traffic lights, the microwave light, the refrigerator light, your alarm clock light, your bathroom light. 
every yeah. time you brush your teeth without wearing a pair of blue light blocking glasses, you are compromising your sleep. So yes, use those apps, but use them in conjunction with a pair of blue light blocking glasses. And whether you use mine, which are called Swannies, or whether you use some other brands, wear them. Get yourself a pair yeah. because it will transform your sleep and therefore transform your life. Yeah, and I'll have a link. Uh, I'll actually have a link to yours in the show notes below. I've, I've firsthand um, seen how much of a difference it makes. I, I tend to do a lot of um, emails and just content stuff for, for social media at night after I get home from work. And the difference that I saw in um, not only the quality of sleep, but like how quickly I could go to sleep was was uh, was quite surprising, especially when I first started started using them. And I'm not too sure whether you've touched on this already um, so far, but how many hours do you think um, is, I guess, optimal for us to be aiming for each night? Like I can, you know, I can certainly say that for me, most of the time getting, you know, eight hours is just not realistic, not realistic for me in terms of what time I get up and what time I get home. But is there kind of like a range that you, that you recommend? Well, look, the range that everyone you know, says all the time is somewhere between seven and eight hours. And I personally get between seven and eight. Sometimes it's seven, sometimes it's seven and a half. Sometimes, you know, it's six and a half, sometimes it's eight. If you're around that range, that's what all of the studies show is the optimal duration. However, I would, um, if you are busy and, you know, like yourself, Dan, and you're going to sleep late and you're waking up early, focusing on sleep quality becomes the most important thing for you. Mm. And sleep, sleep quality really starts with you getting that sunlight in the morning and blocking as much light as you can at night and just following that, that protocol that I, that I uh, mentioned earlier. So yeah, if, if duration is not possible, then you really want to focus on, uh, focus on quality and also know this, everyone's different. Even though the generalization is, yeah, get seven, eight hours. Everyone is different. Like, the president of the United States, Donald Trump, only sleeps four hours, for example. Um, Jeff Bezos, the, uh, the billionaire owner of Amazon, sleeps nine, uh, nine, nine and a half hours. Steve Jobs only slept four, four and a half hours. So, you know, th th there's, it, it ranges all over the map in terms of, you know, how many hours people are sleeping. But generally, you want to go for seven to eight. Okay, perfect. And now you touched on this briefly already, but in regards to alcohol, obviously, um, you know, you've got the 30-day no alcohol challenge, um, which you're the creator of. Do you, do you want to go and kind of uh, explain or I guess share what was the, um, the turning point for you in terms of you said before you haven't touched a drink since 2010. So what was kind of the reason for that and what are some of the benefits that you've seen and that you've seen other people that have completed the program um, see along the way? Yeah, so I grew up in Australia and I was just a, an Australian societally acceptable drinker in that I would have a beer or two most nights, maybe a glass of wine. On the weekends, I'd go a little heavier. Sometimes I'd get drunk, but not most of the time. You know, I just drank, you know, probably most nights of the week, but seemingly innocent stuff. A drink or two here, a couple of drinks with the mates. Maybe on Mondays, Tuesdays and Wednesdays, I wouldn't drink. And then I'd drink on Thursdays, Fridays, Saturdays, you know. I definitely was not an alcoholic. I yep. was just what Australia would say. Yeah, normal drinker. Yeah, it's fine. But what happened was is that in 2010, I woke up one morning, I looked in the mirror and I was like, man, you look tired, James. Like, and I'd realized I'd put on about 10 kilos just okay. gradually over the course of a year or so. And I all of a sudden made the correlation between drinking 
and my energy levels and drinking and how I looked and drinking and my weights and drinking and my, my clarity. And I just got tired of feeling tired. So I actually just said to myself, you know what, James, just take a 30 day break and see what happens. And in 30 days of not drinking, I lost six kilograms, which is, um, you know, about 13, 13 pounds, um, in the, in the U S uh, my skin got better. I slept better. There's a direct correlation to, to quitting drinking and sleeping better. Um, at that time, because I had so much energy, I actually had an, uh, an opportunity to audition to become a television uh, presenter on a TV show um, called Sports Center on ESPN in the US. And uh, because I had strategy and focus and energy and I wasn't drinking and I was like clear in mind, I, I went for that audition and I ended up getting the job and I became a, a Sports Center anchor on, on ESPN over in the US, which was amazing. It's huge. And I felt, yeah, I mean, I just felt so good at 30 days that I went, oh, I'll just keep going. And yeah. then I kept going and going and going. And, and now it's, you know, I haven't touched a drop of alcohol since 2010. And in that time I've built businesses. Like I said, I got my dream job. I've, I lost all that weight. My, I've got the body that, you know, I think nature always intended me to have. It's not like I've got a six pack abs or anything like that, but, but you know, I feel good. I look like nature intended me to look and, I got clarity, focus, energy. I feel amazing. I sleep great. I'm happy. I'm at peace. Like, and and most importantly, I can go out and have fun and socialize. Being alcohol free, like I've had more fun now being alcohol free since 2010 than I ever did when I was drinking socially with with my friends pre 2010. Yeah, and that's that's probably one of the. I guess you know myself working with with clients, especially on their, on their nutrition and and their daily habits are going to help them or, or be a detriment towards them achieving their goals or not. Um, that's probably one of the ones that comes up the most in regards to alcohol is that, you know, I, I enjoy a social drink or my job um, always has me out having lunches or I'm a social person and, that, and that's their reason why they, they can't either, you know, stop drinking alcohol or at least reduce their intake. And um, I mentioned to you before we started recording, I was listening to a podcast episode that you've done where you used a really good example of how you can approach telling your friends or family members or whoever it may be that you're out with um, the reason why you're not drinking and the difference it makes between how you actually deliver um, that reason. So did you want to, could I get you to touch on that for me? Yeah. So I have a lot of members who join my 30 day no alcohol challenge program or my project 90 program, which helps people quit for 90 days. Mostly that's for entrepreneurs and business owners, but the number one hesitation or resistance that, that they have to quitting drinking is, oh, I won't be able to socialize. I won't be able to have fun. I won't be able to take clients out. I'll have an, an awful time. And so what I do is I walk them through uh, a little exercise here and, and, or, or, or an example. So I'll give you two scenarios, okay? Um, and just before I give you the two scenarios, know this. The way that you tell people that you are not drinking is far more important than you actually telling them that you're not drinking. So the, the, the energy that you bring to sharing, oh, I'm alcohol free at the moment, oh, I'm not drinking tonight, it is critical to you having a great time, okay? So two scenarios. Here's the first scenario. You're out and about, you're at the bar, you've just arrived, your friends are saying, g'day mate, how you doing here? So, uh, what, what do you want? I'll get you a beer? Get you a wine? What are you having? You say, oh, actually, no, I'm not drinking at the moment. I'm, uh, yeah, no, I'm, 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 I'm taking a break. 
And they look at you and go, what do you mean? It's my birthday. Like, come on, just have one. What are you talking about? Oh, no, I can't. I can't at the moment. I'm just, no, I, I drank too much. I'm just, I'm doing this 30-day thing. And no, 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 I'm not, I'm not drinking at the moment. Go on, just have one. You'll be fine. Come on. And so when you delivered the fact that you're not drinking with like this heaviness, with this, with this idea that you are depriving yourself of something fun by not drinking, then you are telling yourself that you are depriving yourself of something fun and joyful that is alcohol. And you're telling your friends that you're also being a bit of a killjoy, that you're depriving yourself of something fun and that you're not enjoying yourself because there's this incorrect idea that alcohol is fun and joyful and it equals pleasure. And in my opinion, it's a nonsense. Okay. Here's the second scenario in that, that g'day mate, how you doing? You want a drink? Want a beer? Want a, want a glass of wine? Oh no, actually I'm not drinking at the moment. I'm actually taking a, taking a little bit of a break. Oh, really? What are you, what are you, what are you talking about? It's my birthday. Go on, just have one. Nah, no, nah, I'm good. I'm actually, a, I'm going to get drunk on these waters tonight. <laughs> I'm just taking a break. Yeah, I pushed it a bit hard. And uh, yeah, no, I'm going alcohol free at the moment. I feel pretty good actually. But I'll, uh, I'll smash a few soda waters tonight as you, and I'll go toe to toe with you as you drink the beers if you want. Ha, 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 ha. Mm. So the second scenario is lighthearted. It's fun. You're confident. There's no suggestion that you are not going to have fun or come to the party or party or at that, at that event because you're confident. You're happy in your choice. You don't need the alcohol in order to have fun. And mm. so now you can all just go about life having fun, socializing while you're drinking pints of soda water, ice and a piece of lime or whatever it is that your favorite alcoholic drink is. The way that you show up alcohol-free is far more important than you just telling people that you're alcohol free. Yeah, I love that. And I think that uh, a lot of the time when, when I speak to clients anyway, that's, that's usually the reason. Like, and I know myself, if I've ever gone, you know, in periods I used to do physique competitions. So I would not do, obviously not have any alcohol for you know, up to six to eight months. And to me, it wasn't really an issue. Like it didn't bother me too much. I, I go out now and, and have a few drinks and, and that doesn't bother me either. But, um, you know, initially when you're going out socially anyway, um, there is that pressure to have a few drinks and it is always, well, it has been always a little bit awkward to kind of, you know, get the people that you're with to understand why you're not drinking and, and get them to take it seriously. But you always obviously at the end of the night and the next day feel a million times better. But I think that little example you gave there will help a lot of people, um, at least have, help the people that are around them understand why they're not drinking it and make it a little less awkward for them. And, and then once you get past that point, I, I think as well, if, if that's the hardest part about you not drinking, then obviously that's working towards you being able to stay alcohol free for a lot longer and, and be comfortable with it yourself and along with the people around you as well. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think there's a real shift in society happening where people are increasingly understanding how mm. detrimental any level of alcohol is. And I, I, I'm seeing a shift now of people who identify as peak performers who are both reducing or entirely quitting alcohol and seeing that it's just so much more fun and so much yeah. better. And I can tell you from my own experience, Dan, I've lived a life with alcohol and I've lived a life without alcohol and living a life without alcohol is way better. Yeah, and I think, again, another thing that you mentioned in another podcast I've listened to and I've seen you talk about it on your your Instagram is that you don't necessarily, you know, you don't have to be an alcohol addict or there doesn't have to be something extremely bad happen to you because of alcohol for you to become alcohol free. 
I think a lot of people think that, you know, I've got no reason to become alcohol free because I've never had any issues with it. So that's kind of their reason as to why they won't give it up. Um, but I like how you, you kind of say that there doesn't need to be some major incident or it doesn't need to be, you don't need to be an alcoholic to, to make the decision to stop drinking. That's right. It, 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 people get, have this idea that if you quit drinking, oh, you must have, must have had a drinking problem. You must have been an alcoholic. No, you could just be a societally acceptable, acceptable drinker. Mm. And you know that it's slowing you down. I mean, deep down, you know, you know how it's affecting you. If you just have one glass of wine at night, one seemingly innocent glass of wine or one beer, that is enough to compromise your sleep. That's enough to have you waking up in the morning feeling just a little bit irritable. And just a little bit irritable means you have that Kit Kat. And because you have the Kit Kat, you put on a little bit more weight. Because you put on a little bit weight, you let you lose focus and you crash in the afternoon. And then you seek solace in another drink later on at night. And then this whole vicious cycle continues. It's, you know, it, 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 you don't need to be an alcoholic to go alcohol free. You just need to realize that alcohol is slowing you down and, and affecting, affecting your life. And, and it's been hidden for many years. And now people are waking up uh, and seeing it. And there's a real shift happening in society. I agree. And, and one more question before I wrap things up, mate, and I'll, before we go, I'll get you to, to let the listeners know where they can find more of your content and also the, the 30 day no alcohol challenge. Um, what effect have you found that no, no alcohol has had on your fat loss and muscle growth? Because that's a question I often get asked is, you know, I don't drink too often, but I might have a few drinks on the weekend. What effect is that having on me um, losing fat, regardless of whether they're sticking within their kind of calorie intake they're working towards or not? What, is, um, what, what effect is alcohol actually having on us, whether it be hormone levels, whether it be testosterone? What, what effect is it having? Well, alcohol compromises your sleep, right? We know that. And when you don't sleep properly, you can't repair the muscles that you've spent breaking down in the gym each day. So you, you can spend an hour in the gym pushing weights and having the best dialed in nutrition, and then you go and pour some attractively packaged poison into you i.e. a beer or, or a wine and now all of a sudden your sleep quality is compromised because you're not sleeping well you wake up in the morning your testosterone levels are suppressed your estrogen levels go up uh, and your, your muscles haven't repaired the way that nature wanted them to repair and so now you're either not making as much gains in the gym or it's taking you longer to get there so why would you go and spend all that time and all that you know sweat in the in the gym pushing weights only to then just go and compromise it with a glass of attractively packaged poison. It, it just makes no sense. So yeah, if you want to keep your T levels high and, and you want to repair your muscles quickly and effectively, get rid of the booze. Mate, I've really, I've, uh, I've really enjoyed today's episode and I think there's a heap of value for those that are listening in regards to both sleep and alcohol and as you've just said then, the correlation between the two as well. So uh, where can people find more of your content? Where can they find the challenge um, and then obviously also the glasses as well? I'll have the link to all this stuff in the, in the show notes as well. Yeah, if you, if you want to take a 30-day break, like if, if 30 days seems like a bite-sized kind of mark for you to quit drinking, then head over to 30daynoalcoholchallenge.com. That's been my program I've had for five years now. It's helped 10,000-plus people quit drinking for at least 30 days. If you're an entrepreneur or business owner and you want to quit for 90 straight days, I've got an accountability group. Um, you can reach out to me at jameswanick.com slash project90 
or you can just send me a direct message on Instagram at, at James Swanick. I, I do message people and answer any questions around alcohol there so you can get me there. And then in terms of sleep quality and the Swannies blue light blocking glasses, um, you can go to swanwicksleep.com or you can check out the, uh, a pair of Swannies over on Amazon. Uh, just type in Swannies, S-W-A-N-N-I-E-S. Um, and uh, we sell other sleep products there as well, but nothing will be as effective as wearing a pair of, you know, the, the blue light blocking glasses. And they're stylish too. I'm sure Dan looks very handsome in them. <laughs> oh, I look, I look unreal. Trust me. Just ask anyone. <laughs> mate um thanks so much for joining us on the show today i know you're a busy man and i know you're in thailand now so you better go and um in- enjoy the sun and enjoy the rest of your day but um yeah thanks so much for coming on the show like i said i'm sure a lot of people have got plenty of value and for those that are listening if you have taken some value from today's episode um please do take a screenshot of this show post it up on your instagram story and tag myself and tag james we'd love to hear some feedback from the show but uh, thanks for coming on mate Thanks for having me, Dan. Appreciate it. Absolute pleasure. All right, guys. Look forward to chatting to you in next week's episode. Make sure you hit that subscribe button if you haven't already subscribed to the show. Have a fantastic day.